Hello, welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. This is the fifth and final episode in my mini series on Lesson Planning 101. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about finishing a lesson strongly and effectively. I've also in the series talked about starting a lesson. So the first episode was about how to start a lesson effectively. Then I went on to talk about introducing vocabulary, listening and reading and speaking and writing. And then this is the fifth episode, as I say, the last episode in the series. And this is about how to finish a lesson effectively. As I've said in all the other episodes, they all build on from each other. So if you haven't listened to the first four episodes in the series, I suggest you stop this one now, go back to episode one and actually work your way through them in order because a lot of the content of the episodes builds on the previous episode. So as I say, today we're talking about the importance of finishing a lesson strongly. It's interesting, I'm actually recording this after my Lesson Planning 101 CPD session that I actually ran last weekend. And I think it went pretty well. We had about 12 or 13 people join us for the day and they seemed to go away with lots of good ideas and uh, we had some really interesting chats as we were going through the day. I'm really excited to run another one of these. Uh, I haven't got a date set just yet, so watch this space for more information. And they gave me lots of ideas as well of other types of CPD that they'd be interested in doing. So yeah, keep an eye on my website, katelanguages.co.uk and my social media. I'm at Kate Languages on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for more information on CPD sessions that I'm going to be running in the future. So yeah, it's really interesting that I'm recording this after the session because I think if I'd recorded it beforehand, I wouldn't be emphasising really how important it is to finish a lesson effectively and strongly. And I say this because one of the key things that they told me at the end of the day when we did a reflection on the day, one of the key things that they've taken away from the day is the importance of the end of the lesson. Um, So as one of the people on the course said, I'm glad we've talked about the importance of doing the plenary, as I usually do, as you said, and follow the lesson plan and any activities after that don't get done. So I'm going to start prioritising my plenaries now. And then another person said um, the thing they were focusing on and that they were taking away was ending a lesson. Want to do better at this. Feel like I just send the kids on their way. And I think this is really, really interesting. And my point was that you don't just kind of go, oh, gosh, the bell's about to go. Right. Pack up. See you later. That you actually take time at the end of the lesson to pull it all together, to draw together all of the learning and to make sure that you've got a a clear and orderly end to the lesson. So as I talked about in the um, starting a lesson episode, the start and end of the lesson, I think are almost the most important things you can do for routine and routine is then really really good for classroom management and behavior management and just setting the right tone in your classroom the tone that you want to project of it being orderly it being a space where the students know what is happening what you know that they they come in and they're going to be learning and that essentially you as a teacher are in control of the room that's not saying that you are authoritarian and you're controlling them but that you are in control of what is happening at least at the start and end and hopefully throughout the lesson as well and that you are 
you know, you're managing your time well. And just little things like that make the students respect you a little bit more in my experience, I would, I would say. So yeah, so ending a lesson well is really important for routine. And as I say, routine is really good for behaviour management. And you need to be drawing together everything that you've done in the lesson rather than either just kind of fizzling out and being like, okay, yeah, kind of, yeah, we're done now, right, uh, pack away, bye, see you later. Or running out of time and the bell goes and they're literally grabbing their stuff and running off to the next lesson or lunch or whatever it is that they've got next. Another really useful thing in terms of ending a lesson really well is that you ascertain how well they've actually learned what you've done in the lesson and you can see what gaps are there and you can then work out what you're going to do in the following lesson, whether you need to go back over some things or whether you can move on to whatever the next thing is, either in the programme of study or in your own lesson planning. Personally, I think you need at least five minutes at the end of the lesson to pack away and do a plenary and I'm going to talk through some ideas for good plenaries in a moment. So I would say about five minutes before the end of the lesson you need to be packing away. So the plenary ideas that um, I have got here and that I talked about on, on the CPD session are actually things that can all be done without an exercise book. So once everything is packed away and everything is nice and clean and tidy and orderly, then you can do a quick plenary activity. Personally as well, I just think it's really nice to tidy up a classroom. I remember one of the best things our cleaner always used to say to me in the last school I worked at, not always, but she often used to say to me, okay, have you not been teaching in here at all today? And I'd say, yeah, I've had five lessons or three lessons or whatever, it, you know, however many I'd had. And she'd say, oh, but the classroom's really tidy. And I'd say, yeah, because I tell the kids to tidy up. I don't let them just leave paper and God knows what lying around the classroom. We tidy up before we leave the room. And I think that's really important to give the students a little bit of ownership of the room and pride in the room even if they're only there for an hour a week, if they know that they're coming into a room that's tidy and they're leaving it tidy for, for the next people as well, it just gives them a little bit of pride in where they are and what they're doing. So as I said, for me, the best plenary activities do not involve exercise books or pens. They are things that can be done once you have packed everything away and the students are either sitting nicely in their chairs or even standing behind their desks ready and raring to go. So here are a couple of my favourite ones. Number one is Corner Game. Okay, this is my favourite game of all time, I think, and anybody who I've taught since I did, I think I learnt this game when I was an NQT, so anybody I've taught since about 2007 will know this game quite well. You can also play this during the lesson. Um, it, it's a really good one for practising vocabulary, so after you've introduced vocabulary, it's a really good one for practising vocabulary, but it's an absolutely ideal plenary game. I'm going to explain how it works. I really hope this makes sense. You need to pick four students. You send each of those four students into a corner of the room, which is why it's called corner game. So one student in each corner of the room. The teacher says a word or phrase in the target language that you have learnt that lesson. So I've been banging on about animals in French for the entire mini-series, so 
I will say, the teacher might say, j'ai un chat. And the first student to shout out, I have a cat, it doesn't even have to be a phrase, you can just say un chat. And the student shouts out cat. The first one to shout it out kind of wins that little bit and they move, I always had to do it clockwise so I could remember, they move clockwise from their corner to the next corner. If there's a student standing in that corner, that student is knocked out and they have to sit down. If the corner is empty, it's safe, no one does anything, nobody moves. The winner is the one who's knocked out all of the other students. And I've just had a, a thought of this, a little flashback of sometimes you'd end up with one, with students in diagonal corners and they'd end up just like almost kind of take it in turns to answer, to, to shout out first and they'd just end up going in the safe one. So I used to, by the, by the time you've got student, two students left in diagonal corners, the winner is whoever says it first because otherwise they're just chasing each other around the classroom for <laughs> forever so yeah so that's it so four four corners say the word in the target language for example un chat the first student to shout out a cat moves clockwise to the next corner and either knocks a person out or they're in if it's empty it's just a safe corner there I say shout it out, some people might think, oh, that's a bit boisterous and loud and I'm not sure about that. If you tell them to put their hand up, they all just put their hand up. And then you're like, well, who do I pick? Who put their hand up first? And then they've got much more time to think about the answer. Whereas if they just shout it out, it's genuinely who's got the answer first. Get the class to be the kind of referees. Uh, they're pretty good at listening and working out who said it first. And if it's, honestly, if it's not that clear, then just go again and say, you know, do you know that was a draw? Let's move, let's go again. Another um, thing you can do then, once they know how to play this game, you can nominate a student who you know will say the words well uh, to actually do the, the job of the teacher and say the words and then they shout it out in English. I used to do four games so, you'd, you know, 16 students would have the chance to play and then the four winners would go for champion of champions and then I would usually switch that back from English into the target language, which makes it a lot harder. So for the champion of champions, they have to do it from English into the target language. But yeah, you can do it from target language into English or English into target language, depending on your class, depending on um, how well you think they'll do and how difficult the vocabulary is as well. So there you go. That's corner game, my absolute favourite game of all time. Other ones that you can do are things like Hangman and Pictionary, which I think are fairly well known, so I'm not going to spend ages explaining them. Another one that I really like is Hot Seat, as this is where you get one student to come and you set up a chair in front of the whiteboard and they sit on the chair facing the class with their back to the whiteboard. You write a word in the target language from the lesson, so again I might write uh, poisson, and the students have to, the rest of the class have to describe that word. So it's a bit like um, the game Taboo. So the students describe uh, poisson. So they might say, it's a kind of pet that lives in water or something like that. And they can do this in English because I think it's very difficult to do that in the target language. Again, it depends on the level of your students. But they, they could just say fish and then the student has to say poisson. Or they could try and describe it without using the word fish. So there are different levels of difficulty in there. The person who's in the hot seat stays there for, say, I don't know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, even a minute, depends how long you've got. 
and you, you have to see how many words they can do in that time, how many words they can get right. So you write poisson, the students say, it's they, they live in water, and the hot seat kid says poisson, then you write the next word quickly straight away, um, and you keep doing that until the time's up. Then you get a few different students to take the hot seat, and whoever has the most words in the allocated time. So if, say, each one has 30 seconds, whoever got the most words in the 30 seconds is the winner. Another thing that you could do, and this, so this involves, so both of those two games don't really involve any preparation on your part beforehand. This one does involve a bit more preparation, but you can still do it spontaneously. So it's a kind of a quiz before they leave on what you've done in the lesson. So you can either have a quiz on the whiteboard that everybody has to answer or you know you just go through the answers to that all together. I mean a quiz on the whiteboard could be something that you do before you pack away and they have to write the answers in their exercise books. You could have mini whiteboards out and they write answers on the mini whiteboards. Lots of different ways of doing it. Another way of doing a quiz, especially if it's before break or lunchtime, and this is slightly cheeky, on the part of the teacher because it's sort of a way of rewarding the children who've been who've behaved really well and been really good in the lesson and slightly punishing the ones who have been a bit of a pain so you can ask a question even just saying a word in the target language and they have to say the English translation or asking them something about the lesson as almost like an exit ticket before they leave and yeah, so you basically start with the kids who've been really good and chances are if they have to stand behind their chairs before they leave, they're going to be the ones who are standing nicely, ready and waiting to go. As I said, this works best before break or lunchtime. Not ideal if they're rushing off at the end of the day to get a bus and not ideal if they have to go to another lesson. So just be aware of, you know, as and when, how you use these. So yeah, so just a quick question for each person. Billy Bob over there in the corner, what is, as I keep saying, un poisson in English? He says, it's a fish, miss. And you go, yeah, well done. And then you, you can go. This is also really good if you want to take their books in and you want to make sure that every single person is handing their book in because you're essentially dismissing them one by one, making sure they give you their book on the way out. So that is another tip there. So there you go. As I say, corner game, my absolute favourite game of all time. Hot seat, which is another really nice game. Um, and then asking questions, uh, making them answer a question before they leave. So they are three of my favourite plenaries to do. And as I said, during the CPD session, this turned out to be probably actually one of the most important sessions of the day. And the thing that everybody said, I'm going to take something from this and I'm going to really think about how to finish my lessons and making sure I don't just sort of let them drift off or whatever at the end of the lesson. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you have listened to this one and not thought, ah, no, this is fine. It's not too important, blah, blah, blah. Because as I say, I think it's something we may be don't focus on too much, but is actually something that is really, really, really vital. And I've got to say, I'm guilty of this as well in my online courses for, for languages teachers. I will find often I realise I've gone over the time and I'm like, oh, yeah, come on. Right. Let, we'll just finish this up. Any questions? Everything all OK? And then I just kind of wrap up the meeting and then we just go. And, you know, it's made me think as well, like, I need to be making sure I'm doing really effective plenary sessions at the end of all of my lessons, regardless of who you're teaching. 
and what the purpose of your lessons are I think it is really really important to wrap up strongly at the end so it's something that I'm going to focus on as well <laughs> so as always I'd really love any feedback from these or any of the episodes particularly in this mini series but if you've been listening to other episodes and you'd like to get in touch about any of them as I always say my website is katelanguages.co.uk and you can fill in the contact form and that comes through to my email or you can get in touch on my social media I'm at Kate Languages on Instagram Facebook and Twitter so yeah I'd love to hear your feedback and let me know what you thought of this mini series and which bits and pieces from the series you are going to take away and use in your own teaching Okay, so I'm going to take a bit of a break until series three. I'm trying to get that sorted at the moment. There will be a couple of little bonus episodes between now and when I actually start releasing series three. So keep an eye out for those as well. But until then, adios, auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, bye. (laughs) 